0: Well, I'm Tim Howard. Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want. And I'm especially excited today is to have a special guest, Rebecca Freedom. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to learn about what you do in grief and relationship counseling and to share what you've learned over the years in helping couples and people go through significant changes in their life.
1: Well, all of us are going to do that, so yeah. it's inevitable, so, yeah. so, but most people don't get help, and that's really the biggest downfall I see in yeah. people's success yeah
0: well you're good. you're a resource there that's available for them to seek out help. well, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background? I know you moved to this area recently mm-hmm. and tell everybody in the listening audience who's Rebecca freedom, how did you get into what you're doing and what you have passion about now.
1: Uh, so, personal story is: I was born in California and oh. very much shaped by that culture, the West Coast culture. And my parents were from uh, my mom was born in Italy, but my dad was born in South Dakota. And so, by 19, we moved to South Dakota. Oh. So, very much shaped by that culture. The the um and then I spent 15 years in. Colorado and so I have a lot of different geographical influences that make up my personality who I am lived experience all of those things and part of that journey and all the moving around uh was due to my parents passed away in my 20s and that's what got me into this work Mm -hmm. my dad died as soon as we left California and moved back to South Dakota when I was 20, he died of a heart attack. Mm. And then seven years later, my mom died of colon cancer. They didn't wow. catch it on time. Mm. And so in by 27, I had to make a career decision, and I'd already finished undergraduate in psychology. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, let me pursue my master's. And, and 10 years later now, it's been uh It's turned into my career, a passion. There's been multiple times, though, I thought that I should have been an entertainer instead. (laughs) (laughs) But such is life.
0: (laughs) So your passion for helping people work their way through grief or loss came about from your own life experience.
1: Absolutely. It was just 100%. My parents were... Very much legends in their own making. My dad was a chiropractor, a Pentecostal pastor. He ran drugs when he was a hippie, (laughs) and they were. And my mom was a rodeo cowgirl, graduated summa cum laude from UCLA, was a teacher, was like just a very intense, beautiful woman. And so I had their influence that got me started, and then I've just been expanding on it ever since they passed.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well. They set you up for a, a very interesting profession I think you're in now.
1: And a dynamic life. <laughs> yes, yeah. it
0: sounds like. So how long have you been in the North Carolina now? Two months. Two, wow, so <laughs> brand new. Mm-hmm. So I grew up on the West Coast in the Northwest in the Seattle area and been in North Carolina for a little over 20 years. So, But it's, uh, it's it's very different culturally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. But I enjoy living here, so I hope you come to enjoy it as much as I have.
1: If the houses are just um, stunning, like as far as the historical houses, and yeah, the lo- yeah it's a really beautiful yeah. town, for mm-hmm. sure.
0: Yeah. Well, it's got a lot of rich history and culture, so uh, and we're here at the beach. And mm-hmm. the, the temperature of the Atlantic Ocean is a little warmer than the Pacific Ocean that we grew up. Mm-hmm. Accustomed to, well, we were talking ahead of the show, and you work a lot both with people working the way through the grief process and loss, but also in people that have come out of uh, challenged relationships, whether it's divorce or separation. And you had wanted to talk really. Let's focus on mm-hmm. healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. You know what are some of the keys? So I'm I'm equally curious to know what you've learned, and I'm sure our audience is going to benefit from the wisdom that you have in helping a lot of people and just your own life experience. So tell us a little bit about your passion around this and what you think are the keys to developing healthy relationships.
1: I mean, the first word that comes to mind is, is your worth. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a lot of cultural narratives um, that have been reinforced women who have fought for their equal rights. Um, the LBGTQ plus community mm-hmm. who have fought for their rights mm-hmm. and, and all of us are vying for resources because we're not separate from the animal kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. We have to make a living. We mm-hmm. need shelter. We need good food. We need love and touch and care. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one of the things that I see is so many people live their entire lives in survival. Mm. They just, it's just this long extended paycheck to paycheck, having kids for maybe the wrong reasons. We, I should have kids by this age. This will change and save the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not enough. Uh, internal reflection to really support a deep intimate relationship mm-hmm. and it creates a lot of tension. So you can't talk about a healthy relationship without talking about the dark side mm-hmm. of relationship too. Mm-hmm. That that continual dichotomy is something we all have to reconcile. Mm-hmm. Um, so specifically the Obviously I got started in my personal life doing this because my parents passed and I went to get an education to sort of solidify my innate skills I already had mm-hmm. doing this. You know, just like artists kind of go to school to really perfect their craft. Same mm-hmm. with me. And and then life has been its own teacher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as as it, has it always beat is. me over the head <laughs> multiple times. Uh. So Everything that I've learned, um, you, I, I bristle when people say "love yourself" mm-hmm. um, as a prescription. Mm-hmm. It is so much more than just this sort of like feel good, be positive, write your your gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is very much like. Are you able to move past just surviving into thriving
0: hmm yeah yeah well that's one of the introduction to the reflect a life you want podcast. I talk about we don't want to just survive we want to thrive mm-hmm. and you were talking about this idea around worth and that's absolutely a concept within the woman's school and the man's school coaching that me and my co-author do in the mirror book Project, is that's the key element It's like helping people to improve their sense of self-worth, their Mm -hmm. self-image. And uh, so, yeah, I'm very curious to know more about what your experiences are and things that you've seen that you think are key to those healthy relations and to developing that sense of self-worth.
1: Well, humans are uniquely dependent when it comes to being part of the animal kingdom Mm -hmm. because we... uh, within moments of giraffes being born or deer being born or any, they're, they're, they're on the ground and they have to survive right. within the first hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but human children are mm. dependent on their parents until 30,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: if not longer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's, there's just this at the smallest amount it's the first seven years that yeah. the neural your neuropsychology is being built, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that your um attachment so- styles are forming. Please mm-hmm. Google all of these things if you don't know what they are. Yeah. That um your your relational style, your personal your like personality is coming out, your mm-hmm. epigenetics are starting to show there's this whole like ecosystem that's happening under the um pressure of dependence yes and so what happens is many people don't ever graduate that dependence Mm -hmm. they transfer it to drugs or alcohol to religion Mm -hmm. to their job to status Mm -hmm. some other supplemental parent and the work the intricate and deep work that i do is helping people graduate that into autonomy hmm. and it completely changes that's why my brand is freedom yeah because dependence is is the training wheels time to take the training wheels off right. and ride a harley <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a great analogy yes. yeah my you know my second master's degree is kind of in applied behavioral science which is rooted a lot in psychology and counseling uh kind of work that you've done and i was amazed when i first went through that program um did this family of origin study for myself Mm -hmm. and I I remember the first year we had to write an autobiography it Mm -hmm. was like I just remember writing and it was just really stiff and really dry and I remember my wife at the time just saying you know it's just there's nothing here it's just Mm -hmm. like you know really and that was kind of where I was personality wise and where I was in life and then um the start of the second year we did this family of origin study we went we interviewed our parents yeah like as peers, and getting to know what was it like for them growing up? How did they become who they are, and how do they show up in our lives? And then those patterns of behavior that we learn that are, you know, kind of imprinted into our minds up to that age seven, and like you said, some of us never graduate, and some of us have those patterns locked in, and we never break free of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've just come to believe that that's very powerful. And if people are not self-aware, they'll keep living out their life repeating those patterns that may be very unhealthy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've come to realize is I have total control over my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I have choices about do I look at it the way I used to mm. or can I make a different choice now and live my life in a different way based on a different understanding. So those There's... parts are very powerful.
1: Yeah, and, and oftentimes it takes a pain Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh i'm almost some somewhat a crippling pain where someone goes like i can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. and they don't give up on their life they don't commit suicide a lot of people come really close to it Mm -hmm. but um what happens is there's a spiritual emergence Mm -hmm. there's something where uh I was listening to Rudolf Steiner this morning, and he was talking about levels of knowledge, and just primal level being one of them, and that some people never adapt to being able to touch their imagination mm-hmm. or inspiration, right? Okay. But what what pain does if we lean into it? Because all everything the saying is that pain is inevitable, suffering is a choice, yes. right? Yes. And most people just numb the suffering and therefore never get the lesson. Mm -hmm. But for some people, they're cracked open enough where their soul frees up Mm -hmm. and they uh, are able to start to have an imagination again, Mm -hmm. to wonder what else is out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Some call it an existential crisis. I call it awakening. (laughs) And it feels awful. (laughs) And that's why a lot of people don't do it. Yeah. They just go, oh, well, I'll just stay in this marriage or I'll just, this job, mediocrity is a safe place for people to anesthetize their pain.
0: So we get, we get accustomed to a certain level of discomfort as normal and we're more comfortable being uncomfortable until.
1: Yeah, the great, the great expansion sometimes is it's without help right yeah. without some sort of guidance like mm-hmm. again i couldn't be where i am if i didn't have professors that taught me anatomy physiology but my one of my professors used to hang out with andy warhol he was totally yeah. rad so without without the innovative minds that are willing to exist in that like liminal space that unknown space that's what artists are mm-hmm. that's people who create music people who make these like things that hang in the smithsonian we're the ones who are able to bring their imagination into form. And Mm -hmm. then we all get to witness that and, you know, be um, edified by it. Mm -hmm. So I think that what I'm saying, if we want to circle back to what what constitutes a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. is first, obviously, your relationship with inspiration, Mm -hmm. not with yourself with the inspiration is being taught from the spirit within, Mm -hmm. or the saying is to bow to the guru within. It's like you're willing, you're a willing student. Mm. You're willing to learn. Our ego hates that, Mm -hmm. and our ego wants everything to be certain Mm. and not changeable. And when we start to threaten the ego, it's a dick. (laughs) 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 It's so mean. It just says all that negative self-talk you you know does that and does it make sense what i'm saying absolutely
0: yeah 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 because we've got those neurological wirings that are in our mind and this is the way we've thought and it's like to to break free of that is is going to take some effort
1: and yeah i mean you have because you're you've got this thing that's completely rooted in survival Mm self-preservation that is that's essentially what the ego is it it just goes like you know we have this is enough we've Mm -hmm. got this x thing coming Mm -hmm. in this is our sort why would we imagine something else Mm -hmm. that's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but i I don't know i got wired again i've let legends for parents i got wired differently to never stop imagining to always have the big idea to go after it and fail forward all, yeah. every single time, you know?
0: We use that language in the, the man's school and the woman's school and the coaching is this idea to fail forward fast mm-hmm. and to grow and to learn. It's like we we have to take ac- action and, you know, uh, I've come to accept that there's, there's no real failure if, as long as you're trying. You know, if you make a step forward, it doesn't go quite the way you did. That's okay. There's something to be learned from that. Mm-hmm. Now, Maybe I need to adjust or correct or recalibrate what I was attempting, but I'm still learning as long as I move forward. I am stop learning when I quit, mm. and that's failure, when I give up.
1: There's, again, any sort of coaching advice or advice we're giving each other mm-hmm. is laughable mm-hmm. because none of us really, yeah. <laughs> no one's figured it out.
0: No, none of us have figured Zero. it out. Zero, like yeah. not
1: even Einstein. Yeah. I mean, obviously he figured out some very groundbreaking theories mm-hmm. um, of thermodynamics and relativity and all of those things. The the thing that's worked most for me is, is Buddhism, is non-attachment, mm-hmm. is practicing this idea of... Of striving is just another way to self-harm. Hmm. It's we I've left the moment. I'm some I'm in some fantasy of what the past could have been. Mm-hmm. I'm grasping for some future outcome. Mm-hmm. And the times that I felt the most at peace and open and available for connection is when there's non-attachment, mm. there's presence. There's that's another very um sort of intricate and delicate topic in in how we live in that space.
0: Mm-hmm. Being fully present for the other by just being unattached to the future mm-hmm. or the past, just being right here, right now.
1: And as a counselor, mm-hmm. as a human, like I'm negotiating attachments, every day, all day. Mm-hmm. The, and again, it's just because attachments link to some survival story, or some survival strategy. Mm-hmm. If I'm pretty, then I get favor, and mm-hmm. favor means more resources, money, mm-hmm. or trips, or whatever. Mm-hmm. If I'm really intelligent, or if I own a lot. And it's not wrong, because, we exist on a physical level, mm-hmm. so there are physical pleasures. It's better to be rich than it is to be poor, fact. <laughs> <laughs> I've it's lived been your both. life experience. I've lived both. Yeah, yeah, It's much better to have wealth and prosperity than mm-hmm. to not. Mm-hmm. Um, and So a lot of another aspect of healthy relationship is reconciling the soul and the body. Mm. That makes sense. Tell me
0: more about that.
1: Well, our body does need survival. It needs water and mm-hmm. shelter and sex. And it it needs to be able to feel like to have endorphins running through it, to feel vital and alive. There's, um, it has a direct relationship with our environment at mm-hmm. all times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much, uh, the radio to all the wavelengths that are in the world, mm-hmm. picking up all the different signals. Mm-hmm. But our soul doesn't need anything. <laughs> mm. Our soul's infinite. It's, okay. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's Atman, Brahma, it's connect, you know, it's connected, it's oneness, it's all of, all of those things. So the daily sort of pulse is like, well, what does my body need? Mm-hmm to feel good and Mm -hmm. taken care of. Mm -hmm. So many of us dump drugs into it to Mm -hmm. try to manipulate. How we're feeling. How we're feeling. Yeah. And again, part of my training is teaching people, guiding them to like make your body a safe place for your soul to sit.
2: Mm.
1: Like don't have this be toxic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah let it be a safe, like, let this is a home yeah. for yourself. Yeah, in my faith
0: belief system, the, the concept, you know, the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yes, very so, much so.
0: Yeah, so it's, yeah, i got to take care of my body for the best version of myself to be able to show up in the world for you or for anybody else that I encounter. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So you talking about some things like our self-worth, uh, some other principles around healthy relationships, what are some other things that, like when you're, you're oftentimes dealing with someone who's coming out of a loss, mm-hmm. you know, you started out with a grief from the standpoint of loss of a family member, but now you're dealing, I'm imagining you're helping people, maybe they're coming out of divorce or separation from a breakup, and I've got your book here, <laughs> The Breakup Rehab, I've been enjoying reading. Um, you know, I'm imagining it's it's because of those hardships, you know, it's kind of like, this didn't work so in order for it to work it's like the opposite of whatever didn't work mm-hmm. what are some other re- really key things that you've found that are crucial to healthy relationships either for yourself or the people that you've been able to help
1: um i'll make a bold statement that mm-hmm. most of grief most of the grief that that we experience, and again, it's a process. Kubler-Ross put it into mm-hmm. different stages of denial, sadness, uh, anger, bargaining, and acceptance, right? Yes. And you very much see people mm-hmm. present in all those different ways. I, right. I generally jump to anger <laughs> <laughs> when, when someone passes or something doesn't. Yeah. Anger, embarrassment can kind of go. Uh, so but what what grief is is uh, a disillusionment of the attachment we had i thought if i was married to this person i would be secure hmm. safe loved recognized mm-hmm. validated in mm-hmm. my existence mm-hmm. and this was and this was the source of it. Please see all pop songs. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. Know yeah, yeah, yeah. To, as far as the narrative that we're, we're going on around that. Um, or, you know, you hear this from people that are multimillionaires. Oh, I thought Jim Carrey being a, a great example of it, someone who's lived. He's like, I wish that everybody would get exactly what they wanted to see. That's not it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the, the thing about grief is it's uh, my meditation teacher taught me. He was like, life is made up of expansion and contractions. Mm-hmm. Contractions are those like the the ache of sorrow or shame or guilt, like mm-hmm. that tight place that we live. And expansion is like courage, willingness, rationality, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, but life has a pulse to it. Mm-hmm. It expands and it contracts. Yeah. So, Um, as far as like dealing with grief, it's really being like grief is here as my friend, not Mm. as my enemy. Okay. It's here to serve me. I'm clearly attached to things that are no longer helping me feel the way that I want to feel. And in fact, my resistance or aversion to that is creating suffering. Right. So grief is there to relieve your suffering. It's Mm. not the cause of it. Okay. Okay. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, yeah, that's a different way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When um, I first learned the concepts of Kubler-Ross in terms of you know shock, denial, anger, acceptance, and then we were applying that principle to organizational systems, mm. and the outcome that we're looking for was growth. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're you're getting at is that mm-hmm. you know um, that d- disillusionment to the attachment is like to get to that point of acceptance and then really growth, we've got to learn from this and understand that maybe this attachment we had wasn't healthy, wasn't serving us. Yeah. And what, what are we going to take from this that maybe wasn't serving us that we could think about differently going into going forward or going into a, a future relationship? How we, might we do that differently? So we could grow and show up differently with someone else in the future.
1: And, The interesting kind of piece of that is that, uh, intimacy Mm -hmm. is really rooted in well, what's well known, Mm -hmm. right? Like my Esther Perel talks about this and she is a researcher and she's brilliant and her book is mating in captivity. Mm. And she says, you know, um, Intimacy is like peeing with the door open. You just, you just <laughs> know each other that well, whatever. Yeah. She was uh, like, but what's the, the things that are erotic that really stir our fantasy life mm-hmm. are based in mystery and based in space. It's not closeness. It's the opposite of that. Mm. So again, to revisit the concept of um, expansion and contraction, a relationship is healthy that has some mystery to it but also that that intimacy what you see is people crystallized in either extreme mm. right they they're just all um very demanding and how their partner shows up you need to be the in this sort of like unhealthy intimate space like mm-hmm. i it's got to be all this way very rigid or this uh fantasy world i e i mean obviously porn addiction is something else i deal with because mm-hmm. a lot of people are coping with their inability to step into an autonomous space by living in that world of fantasy mm-hmm. right so again the work is is surgical almost mm. does that make sense?
0: surgical intention you gotta cut things out
1: surgical and the precision oh, of it okay. right because each person you meet with is going to have their own sort of scaffolding that okay. they've been they've built, built all up. of these things mm-hmm. all of these layers around mm-hmm. and so. Um, as a coach and as a counselor i 've been trained to identify that within seconds, yeah, like I guess the same kind of training a seal would have, <laughs> have yeah like equivalent yeah um so it really uh, you, when i 'm talking about it i 'm noticing like it it really is my passion be to uh to set people free, and that 's why I say that on the other side of grief is freedom
0: yeah well, I think that 's a beautiful mindset to have is that because when we're in the midst of it it sucks
1: it's miserable
0: yeah and uh i've been in a significant transition um business wise um because i changed real estate firms and i knew going into that change i was going to experience that that grief process and i knew even and i t- told my new business partner i said look this is going to be challenging for me, personally, because of the relationships I have with the firm I'm leaving, and it's going to be challenging for them, too, to hear this news that I'm leaving, mm-hmm. and and some people didn't handle it very well, and some people handled it better, mm-hmm. and uh, and I knew that going into those conversations, those were going to be tough conversations. I saw one of my uh, former brokers in charge last night at a networking event. It's the first time we'd seen each other since this happened, and mm-hmm. I, just, I gave him a big hug. Because he's still a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and I know it mm-hmm. was hard both for him and it's hard for me, but I want him to know that, hey, you're still my friend. Mm. We may be at different firms now, but you're important in my life, mm-hmm. and I want you to know that and feel that. Uh, and Then I had another transition where a person whose significant friend moved out of the area, and I didn't realize until... I kind of knew, but it, as, as they're leaving, how much impact that was going to have on me. It's like, wow. It's mm-hmm. like... This person was even more significant to me than I realized. and it's like, okay, now how am I dealing with this? Because yeah. I, I got to get in the better headspace and heart space for this mm. to be to be where I need to be. So those separations and that grieving process has huge impact on us.
1: Well, it takes a lot of energy. I, I don't want to skip across that part yeah, on right. a mental, emotional, physical, Esoteric spiritual level to go through the grieving process mm-hmm. requires lots of fuel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, many, it's like driving from New York to San Diego. It's yeah. gonna take a lot of refueling yeah. along the way. Again, why that's why you hire a coach. That's why mm-hmm. you work with somebody. That's why you don't go, I'll just double white down. Knuckles. Brr, for it. Yeah, white. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that 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 ultimately will stop the grief process from having yeah
0: yeah i i reached out to a resource to help me through that when i realized okay i'm not showing up the way i need to be shown up because this is affecting me in ways that i didn't anticipate and it's not healthy for me because Mm -hmm. i'm not showing up the way i want to be so i I sought out some help for that and uh and that was very useful to me Uh, so i absolutely advocate reaching out to a coach or uh Someone that can help you process through that and get to that place of freedom because mm. otherwise you're going to stay stuck. You do, and you don't want to stay stuck because you can't be who you need to be for the people that are present in your life right now. And this other person is no longer there.
1: No, you there's a book, Your Body Keeps the Score, so you yes. just your body just just keeps responding to this past stimuli, and your choices are filtered through that. I think we talked about something, and I want to make sure to bring it up. There's this term. And I believe it's South African called Ubuntu. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea of I am because you are. Mm-hmm. and So that the, um, when you are vulnerable with somebody, mm-hmm. you are also caring for them and your yes. vulnerability. You're, yes. you're giving them permission to show up for you. Yes. To, um, vice versa. When you're holding space for somebody and they can let their guard down and be open with you. Mm-hmm. It's something that, has a collective ripple it has a community effect Mm. i am because you are i mean this podcast is very much collaborative energy it couldn't happen without the invitation without the receiving of it and i i'm just very much in the meta awareness of just this conversation has the ability to just have such a a ripple effect because perspective is the moment that all of us pivot yeah when we finally hear the thing that we we might have known in our subconscious, but it goes from subconscious
0: to the conscious. Yeah.
1: It's it changes. You said lives. it's umbutu?
0: Umbuntu. Umbutu. Yeah. Yeah. Well absolutely this the idea of holding space for mm-hmm. another person of being fully present mm-hmm. is so powerful. Yes. And that's it's it's um, my co author of the book project, uh, the mirror she talks about in terms of each interaction is gift. Right. So we have this opportunity. We're here to, and doing a podcast and we're exchanging ideas and sharing information. But to be fully present for one another, that's gift. Yes. And then just as you described, hopefully there's something that we're sharing with one another that we're talking about that's going to impact someone else. Mm-hmm. That's going to hear this in the future, mm-hmm. you know, that may impact them in a positive way or maybe say, oh, you know, Rebecca was talking something I'm struggling with. I really like to reach out to her mm. And get some help, get some perspective, because I need some help working through this issue. So that'll be really cool.
1: I just heard part of my brain go, "I'm the best in the world, I'm the <laughs> best at what I do." <laughs> but that's, a, you know, that's something that um, it's an earned title. I think if any in anything we do, and we give our 10,000 hours to, right, Malcolm mm-hmm. Gladwell, a tipping, a tipping point. Tipping point. Yeah, there is something that internally happens, and I. I I, I invite everybody to commit to at least one thing in their life yeah. for 10,000 hours because it is, it's, it's so grounding and life affirming when you arrive at that place where you go, I, I, I get, I get this and I'm able to communicate it mm-hmm. and I'm still learning.
0: <laughs> that requires humility. Yeah, and that's such a powerful virtue mm-hmm. is to stay humble and stay open to learning from other people, even even as you're growing, and even as you've hit this level of competency. We talk about—I know you've heard this idea before—you know, moving from unconscious incompetence to conscious mm-hmm. incompetence to conscious competence, mm-hmm. and then this level of expertise, like you're describing, is unconscious competence. Yeah. We don't even realize what we know, and we're sharing and impacting other people is just part of who we are, yeah. and how we show up. And I think that's really cool. But staying in that space of, I'm not done learning. Mm-hmm. I'm still on this journey. I'm still growing, and I'm open to learning from everybody I encounter. I think that's such a powerful.
1: Every every client, well, just any story that's shared with me because people share. For any, I'm always I'm I'm always listening for the sort of, um, the gem inside of the story. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's something for me there yeah. oftentimes too, yeah. that through uh, many times in the middle of my sessions, I go, Oh, <laughs> apparently I needed that yeah, too. That's right. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I, I want to live in that collaborative energy, not that I'm the authority. Right. You're the, it's, it's very much, uh, to part of me one of the first signs of a healthy relationship is you've moved out of competition into collaboration yes
0: yes absolutely i couldn't agree more mm-hmm. and that's that's something that we really emphasize in our, my coaching practice and the women's school the man's school is that idea of stop comparing stop competing and start collaborating mm-hmm. because that space of collaboration where um I'm being fully present and I'm giving whatever I've got mm-hmm. for the other person, mm-hmm. you know, it, and, and this idea of if, if love is truly willing the good of the other, mm-hmm. then how do I help this other person? Mm-hmm. How do I bring my best for this other person? And whether it's collaborating in a business thing, collaborating on a podcast, collaborating in a relationship, mm-hmm. how do I bring my best for that other person?
1: Well, you're, you're available for reciprocity because what happens in competition is that you're either going to make the other person wrong, or you're going to make yourself wrong. So you're mm. either going to foster envy or foster jealousy, mm. right? And and again, um, envy is like I believe uh, like I'll never have that. Jealousy is I don't want them to have that. Mm. <laughs> and so you, you're doing again. It's just this dance of resources. I'm in the survival level. I, I'm not. I can't be receptive. I need to get mine. I need to get mine. And right. And again, we could have a whole other conversation on what it is to be, to enter into like a healthy relationship from a place of collaboration Mm -hmm. versus what I see a lot of people come in and they enter in, you are the object of my desire. Mm. You're the thing that's going to make me feel better. Right. It works for a little bit, just like heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not sustainable in the long run. Not sustainable in the long run. Yeah.
0: Well, I imagine you have learned a tremendous amount both for yourself and your own life experience. And then by these ten thousand hours or more of being able to help other people in coaching, I imagine you have some amazing nuggets as you referred to, little gems that you've picked up along the way. So one of the things I always like to ask my guests on the show is if we coming back to the concept of reflecting the life you want, mm-hmm. you know, you've learned all these things in life. What is it right now in your life that you're working on for yourself to reflect more of the life that you want?
1: My finances.
0: Your finances, okay.
1: Yeah. Grief has has um, kind of put me in po- a poverty mindset for a mm. very long time, mm. and I've just started to notice that and be able to um, take big things to impress on my subconscious that like, listen, we're abundant. We're abundant. So I'm very much working on how I spend my time and invest it Mm -hmm. um, to, to generate both that, like that monetary reflection. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Wealth is one of the eight areas we focus in and what we call the arena life and the man's school and the woman's school in this idea that it's not just you know moving from that survival standpoint into generosity yes right so we have resource, time talent and treasure mm-hmm. how do we how do we take those things do the best we can for ourselves but ultimately in the long run hopefully be able to bless other people as well yeah for sure so, but you got to move about. you got to move to that Space it's where way you,
1: better to make six figures than five. Yes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about seven yet, but we'll uh, see. <laughs> yeah, well, there's an opportunity to get there.
0: Absolutely. So, that's what you're working on for yourself. If you were to think about of all the things that you've learned in life to this point, in both personally and in your coaching profession, and if you were to pass along just like one piece of wisdom to everybody out there that may be listening to this. What would be that one thing that you'd want them to know to be able to reflect more of the life they want?
1: Be mindful of the lifestyle you're creating. It really lifestyle is um, it, it it's it's general and it's specific. It's mm-hmm. very much like what do I want my mornings to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, many people say. Life is short and I'm like it is the longest thing you'll do. <laughs> it goes uh, on. A day on. is so full. Yeah. So be mindful what you want your lifestyle mm-hmm. to be. Yeah.
0: So design the life that you want for yourself.
1: Design it. Be yeah. very intentional about who you let in your personal space. Right. What their values are, what yeah. type of income, like again, this holistic Idea, yeah. of how you are engaging and participating yeah. in life.
0: Well, those principles line up very well with uh, the things that we impart in the teachings of the man's school, woman. It's like designing the life that you want and focusing on all these different areas to really have a life of fullness and wholeness and greatness. So that's and freedom, awesome. yeah, and freedom. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to integrate that into my thinking. Um, I, I think the one thing that has been impressed upon me more so in recent uh, times in conversations with my book collaborator, uh, co-author, Maria Spears, is talking about freedom in the context of free will and choice Mm. and making decisions. And how do we create that space for one another and for other people? Mm. How do we hold that space? And you were talking about that earlier. Mm -hmm. It's like free will and our thinking. Those are like the two most powerful things. That we have the ability to make choice, work on the designing the life we want to have and helping and collaborating with others to create the lives they want for themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to learn more about Rebecca Freedom and coaching and grief and relationship counseling, how do they best get a hold of you?
1: So, the best, all my information is encapsulated on my website, mm-hmm. which is RebeccaFreedom.com. That's R E B E K mm-hmm. A H freedom.com. Yeah. And I can serve both in a coaching capacity and as an educator. So, I okay. can work with businesses to teach them how to talk about grief and loss and how to manage that within their systems mm-hmm. and also to work one on one with people.
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a distinct pleasure to have you with me here today on the Reflect the Life You Want podcast. And uh, I look forward to finish reading your book and what things I'm going to learn from that and apply in my life. And I look forward to getting to know you more and and just look forward to seeing you having success here in North Carolina and helping lots and lots of people. So thank you for being with me today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. Until next time, this is Tim Howard, host of the Reflect the Life You Want, and go out and live a life of greatness.